what flows inside our veins? Whose blood? We sang the blood of Jesus flows inside our veins. You know, our Lord Jesus Christ gave his life so that we, his children, can lead an overcoming life in the midst of our temptations, trials, and troubles. If somebody says you will not face trials, somebody says you will not face temptations, somebody says you will not have trouble, they are liars. Because Jesus told his disciples, you know, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In other words, God expects each one of us to lead an overcoming life in this world. You know, we will be very naive or we will be very immature Christians if we do not recognize that the evil one is constantly working against his children. If we do not recognize that, we, sorry to say that, you know, we have, we have no idea about our own spiritual life. Now, let me explain the nature of the struggle. You know, if you have observed a child growing up, you know, most of us have observed a child growing up, you know, you would have noticed that no one is teaching the child, you know, to be selfish. No one. Nobody is teaching the child, you be selfish, you know, you lie. You know, to hide, they take sugar and go and keep their hands back. You can see that. To hide, you know, to pinch the other child. No, nobody is teaching. You know, to, to fight. You know, then you sit and wonder, while the parents are so kind to their children, why are they behaving like this? Now, what's the conclusion you draw? I don't know from where they have learned. You know, the parents will say, I don't know where from where they have learned. But we can come to the conclusion the child is born with an evil nature. You know, parents, it's very difficult for parents to say, my child has been born with an evil nature. It's very difficult for you to say, but that's the reality. Because, you know, King David said, surely I was sinful at birth. Sinful from the time my mother conceived me. You know, we need to recognize this. We have been born in sin. There is a sinful nature in each one of us. Now what happens? You know, as the child grows up, do you think the sinful nature just leaves the child? No. The sinful nature becomes stronger. It becomes all the more stronger. You know, we need to realize as grown-up adults, 
we are not influenced by sin, we are overpowered by sin. We have to understand, if you want to understand life in the spirit, we need to understand that as adults, it's not that we are influenced by sin, but we are overpowered. There is a power that rules us. Now the evil one, we are under the control of the evil one. He is not a kind master. He is a cruel master. He is deceptive. He is a slanderer. He is a liar. And we come under his authority. And he keeps us in bondage. Bondage to pain. Bondage to depression. Bondage to fear. You know, have you heard about bonded laborers? You know, if you really get to know about them, you'll realize they cannot do anything they want. Whatever the master says, they have to do. And this is what happens in our life too. And I know some of us don't like to hear this. After all, we were good people. No, it doesn't matter. We were good people or you know, excellent people. This is human. The, it's the nature of humankind. The fallen humankind is under the dominion of the evil one. You, you know, I could be born in a Christian family. I could be going to church Sunday after Sunday. I could be reading the Bible. I could be praying. But if I do not recognize I am under the control of the evil one, I have not understood about myself. If you find it too difficult, too difficult to accept this, the apostle Paul, he is talking about his own spiritual life. And he says in Romans chapter 7, in 15, he says, I do not understand what I do. For I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. This is what I have been explaining. Now what Paul says, I've just tried to explain that. Paul says, because I'm under the control of the evil one, there is some power which directs me, which controls me, so I do not understand because I want to do good things. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. Now, the good news is, there is good news for us. You know, sometimes preachers say, real Christians don't struggle with sin anymore. This is wrong. Okay, this is not true. You know, sometimes you can hear all these sermons and you might think, oh, it's great truth, but that's not the biblical truth. Real Christians don't struggle with sin anymore is a wrong statement. Again, they say real Christians are human. They sin just like anyone else. That too is wrong. That too is wrong. Both these statements are wrong. Of course, we are under the control of the evil one. But as children of God, we have good news. Because we are children of God, both the statements are 
wrong for us. The good news is the Spirit of God has come and has transformed our inner being. The Spirit of God has strengthened our inner man. Though we struggle, though we have temptations, we don't have to commit sin like anyone else in this world. Though we have temptations, we, are, we always have a way out of the temptations. Though we have trials, we always have a way to overcome the trials. Though we have troubles, we have a way to overcome the troubles because of the Spirit of God that dwells in the life of his children. Now, that's the good news. But it will only remain a good news if you just hear that. Unless we desire the hunger, the hunger, unless we desire and learn to live in the Spirit of God, unless we desire and to learn to live in, in the spirit, we will continually, we'll continue to do things which we hate to do. We need to learn. We need to desire to live in the spirit. It is altogether a different realm. We have to desire to move into that realm so that we can live in the spirit. And Romans chapter 8 is one of the best chapters in the Bible that explain to us the glorious life of living in the Spirit. The reason being, in the first 27 verses in Romans chapter 8, Paul talks about Holy Spirit. He mentions Holy Spirit at least 19 times. So this is a chapter, if you want to live in the spirit, this is a chapter we have to read, learn, meditate, internalize, and pray about this spirit, this chapter, so that God will fill us with the spirit of God. Let's rise to our feet for the scripture reading, taken from the epistle to the Romans, chapter 8, verses 1 to 4. Roma Varike Edina Nirubam Etavdadigaram Undrumudal Nangamudia. Romans chapter 8, verses 1 to 4. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set me free. You know, your Bible, you may find as, has set you free. Please write it as, has set me free. Make it personal. You may also find a footnote in that Bible. You will say some of the manuscripts have the word, word me. And when you make it, you know, me, it becomes more personal. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set me free from the law of sin and death. 
for what the law was power powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh god did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering and so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the spirit this is god's word kindly be seated you know in this four verses paul is introducing us to the life in the spirit i pray as you listen to this message you will also pray to god you know he is just introducing us to the life in the spirit you know when we live in the spirit you know paul says there is no condemnation and then he says no punishment and then he says no excuse that's all he says in this four verses no condemnation no punishment no excuse so the first thing he says no condemnation you know the bible clearly says for the wages of sin is death so we have already seen right from birth we have that sinful nature and we do commit sin i wish i could meet somebody who says i have never committed sin in my life you know if we are human beings we do commit sin and what we have when we are born we come with a banner over our head carrying a death sentence for the wages of sin is death unless we understand our salvation what has happened in our salvation we will never go a higher level in our spiritual life if at all you have a desire to go a higher take a step higher in your spiritual life what we need to understand is our salvation what happened you know we were there was a banner over my head sentenced to death that is the banner whether we have realized it whether we didn't realize it but that is the truth for the wages of sin is death since we were under condemnation right from our birth paul says the good news is romans 8:1 says therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus unless you realize you are in the dominion of darkness that's why i said as you walk closer to god you know you stand amazed as to why such a holy god was even thinking of me a wretched sinner i am a holy god who pursued me 
and i cannot understand you stand in awe of that god because there was a banner over my head you know which says sentence to death and christ comes and says therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus you know life in the spirit begins with that assurance the first assurance there is therefore no condemnation amen and this is the assurance remember we were all bonded laborers you remember that picture you know the evil one has kept us in bondage bondage to pain bondage to fear bondage to discouragement bondage to depression the evil one has kept us inside the cage you remember that and if you are in Christ Jesus the first assurance is you are released from that amen amen you are out from prison where you are to be hanged Jesus has opened the doors of the prison and Jesus says therefore there is now no condemnation no force on earth can condemn the child of god hallelujah hallelujah you need to understand this you know most of us we have not understood our salvation and the, and we try to understand bigger things we need to understand the basic things rightly the salvation rightly jesus came and opened those doors while you were in bondage he opened the door and he said you have been set free god of the universe has set you free and no force no authority in this earth you know can put you again in that prison remember that remember that that's the good news and how did this happen after all my mother conceived me in sin you know right from my birth i was a sinner how did this happen because the bible says for the wages of sin is death some is a holy god you know god cannot say i love you so i overlook your sin then he is not a god of justice you know god cannot say i love you so much so whatever you are done i just overlook you then he is not a holy god so god has to punish that sin if he's a holy god if he's a god of justice so he has released me the murderer i was to be hanged and he released me how did he do that and that's what he gives then the answer is in verse 2 because through christ jesus the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death because through Christ Jesus the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death you know paul uses the way the word law in three distinct ways you know we have to understand the scripture rightly you know he uses in three different ways the first thing he says you know he says it's god's law okay he uses the law when you find in certain places he just talks about a general principle now the third place he is talking about when he uses the word law he is talking about power force now i can go and give you all the examples see in these these verses 
Paul, when he uses the word law, he is referring as God's law. In these verses, when he uses the word law, he is using as a general principle. And in these verses, he is using it as a power, power of God. Now, in this particular verse, when he says the law of the spirit, he is talking about the third one, the power of God. You know, you were in bondage. There was a power that kept you in bondage. So the power of God came and set you free from the law of sin and death. So when you read the law of the spirit is the power of God which comes and releases us. You know, from the law of sin and death. There is a power bigger than the evil power. And it is that power that has set you free. You know, have you heard parents saying, you know, my child is a good child, but, you know, because of the influence of the bad friend, he has done this. Have you heard? My child is wonderful, but because of the influence of his friend, he did this. Have you heard people saying, you know, I, have you heard husbands confessing to their wives? I didn't want to shout, but I was helpless. Because I do, I can speak. Now I cannot say about the wives. You know, have you heard people saying, you know, I didn't want to slap him, but I was just helpless. What's happening here? Have you heard people saying, Sir, I just didn't want to send you this email, but what to do? I was just helpless, sir. Please overlook this. Please ignore this. Please delete this. What you have spoken, already spoken. What's happening here? There is a power within us which is stronger and directs our actions. Do you, can you relate this? There is a power within us which is causing us to behave in ways we don't want to behave. That's what's happening here. And Paul says, the law of the spirit has set me free from the law of sin and death. If you don't understand this power, this power, you know, you are not a genuine Christian. Jesus Christ, after he dealt a death blow to the evil one on the cross, you remember the cross? On the cross, Jesus defeated the evil one. And now, Jesus Christ indwells the believer in the very place sin once lived. Do you understand what is salvation? You know, when you say, invite Jesus into your heart. Okay, invite. Where? Where once sin reigned over your life. Where the devil once reigned over your life. Where you said, I'm helpless. Jesus Christ indwells the very same place. And when Jesus Christ indwells the very same place, how can you say, I'm helpless? You are helpless because you are not given, you have not enthroned Jesus as king in your life.
you are helpless because you do not allow Jesus Christ to reign over that area of your life. Yeah, do you remember we sing, Jesus, we enthrone you, we proclaim, you are king. Where do you enthrone him? Enthrone deep in your heart. Where once sin reigned and ruled, as a child of God, you make this Jesus to be king more and more and more over your life. We proclaim you are king before even we tell the world, we need to make this king, Jesus, king over my life, over my every thought, every, you know, whether I'm awake or I'm sleeping, over my mind, over my thoughts, over my money, over my time, over my talents, Jesus, you be king over my life. Hallelujah. That's, that's when you understand, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The fallen humankind is helpless. You know, you can make New Year resolutions, you can do everything. You know, have you ever heard people saying, I'm no more selfish, you know, I'm a generous person, you know, I no more, I, do, I don't have pride, I don't envy others' success, you know, I don't desire others' things because I have memorized the Ten Commandments or I have made some resolutions. Have you heard, does it help you? No. It doesn't help you. Real transformation in life comes when you have power, power of God. When the power of God comes in your life, that's where you are a genuine Christian. And this is available to everyone, to every child of God. God has promised that power of God, that assurance, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the power that is there for you and me. Because we have not understood this, what happens when we don't understand? What Christ has done for us is not so superior, so important, because we have not understood this truth, you know, we struggle. We struggle with what? We struggle with guilt. We feel more guilt than we ought to feel. You know, we are depressed. We feel we are unworthy human beings. Because we have not understood what Jesus did for us on the cross. If Jesus came and gave his life for me and he has brought me out from that prison, why? My life is so precious. That's why the Son of God came and he set me free. Amen. Amen. Do you realize that what Jesus has done for you? Your life, you know, your parents can say you're a useless child. Your boss can say you're good for nothing. But once you know what Jesus has done for you, Jesus didn't say you're good for nothing. You are so precious. He came and opened the door. He gave his life to set you free. You are so precious, my son. 
you are so precious my daughter i have given my life for you amen amen there cannot be a better news than this this is the best news we all have to hear this entire world has to hear we have been set free i pray that you will rejoice as you hear this message you don't have to be so stiff say hallelujah thank god you have been set free so if you want to stand and dance dance you didn't deserve it i didn't deserve it but this is what jesus did for me now if you have not understood this message now what are the symptoms let me give you the symptoms that you know you have not understood this message well you have not understood your salvation well now what happens you know you need people's approval nobody can reject you nobody can reject you because you need somebody's approval because you find somebody's approval is more important than the acceptance by our lord jesus do you realize in this world you go around looking for approval because you have not considered this what jesus has done for you is so precious so precious let the whole world reject me doesn't matter but god has accepted me amen amen if you don't understand this you will continue to struggle in your life you will keep seeking more and more of your approval nobody can criticize you that night you will not sleep hey my friend said like this my boss said like this so what so what you don't care what jesus said about you because you are more interested you are living in this world though you say jesus is precious you are more concerned about what people of the world say this is salvation you cannot trade this with anything in this world nobody can correct you because your ego is hurt your ego is so small that even you know nobody can speak tell you oh why don't you do like this it hurts you're angry why 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 because you have not understood your real condition when jesus died for you on the cross if you understand your real condition oh only this much is wrong actually sir you really don't know my condition i'm worse than this what you are telling is nothing it doesn't hurt you it doesn't hurt you because god has rescued you you know from that miry clay good for nothing no value drop deep down and he came and he plucked us from that place hallelujah when you read therefore there is now no condemnation remember this is what has happened in your life you know your prayer is no more interesting worship is not interesting why why there is no joy in prayer and worship 
because you are doing it as an activity you know my parents taught me sunday you have to go to church morning i have to read the bible you don't have relationship with the person who released you from that place you are doing an activity if you have that relationship you will have the joy joy in your heart your heart wants something else not this jesus we sing jesus we enthrone you but my mind is somewhere else pray that we all will come to realize therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus how do you how do you know that you have really grasped the meaning of this verse therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in christ how do you know we have grasped the meaning of this verse it is listen to this carefully it is the difference between an unbeliever committing a sin and a believer committing a sin now what's the difference an unbeliever committing a sin and a believer a true believer committing a sin what's the difference now for a believer he is just transgressing the law of the land okay there's a law you are not supposed to do he transgresses the law so he has just transgressed the law for an unbeliever okay for an un for a believer it is like you know an husband doing an activity that's against his wife it is it is not his transgressing the law it's much more than he has wounded his wife's heart when a believer commits a sin it is not that he is transgressing a law he has wounded the heart of somebody do you get this the husband still remains legally as a husband for the wife but he has hurt he has wounded the heart of the person whom he is supposed to love the person whom loves him you know when a believer commits a sin it is not that we have transgressed some law of the land we are hurting some person we are hurting somebody we are hurting the heart of jesus if you understand that if i understand that that means i have understood the meaning of this phrase therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus you remember in the book of revelation when you know jesus is telling to the church in ephesus you know you hold this yet i hold this against you you have forsaken the love you had at first you had forsaken the love you had at first every time we compromise our priorities we have forsaken the love every time you know in a bible reading worship all that becomes it's okay if i have very important work other work you know what we are doing we are hurting somebody we are hurting somebody 
unless we have come to that place to realize we have not understood our salvation. Unless this meeting with Jesus is much more important than anything in this world, we have not understood that first love. We have not understood the sacrifice Jesus made for us on the cross. Oh, it's only church. Let me go. It's okay. Who cares? Who cares? It's only ministry, no? Oh, there's something important. I have office work. More important. I'm not making a legalistic note. I'm trying to say the heart condition. If you have realized this God, you know, why God, God today if he calls you, come, leave your job, leave everything and follow me. Go to the place where I'm taking you. Oh God, oh God, how can I do this? How can I do this? When your heart is for God, oh Lord, whatever you want, I'm ready to do it. I'm not here to build my career. I'm not here even to build my life. I'm here to build the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. He gave his life to set me free from that prison. I was in bondage. He has set me free. Now what can I do that will you know, compensate? Everything I do is nothing compared to what God has done. That's why Paul will write in Romans. He will say, what have you given to God that he should repay you? What have you given to God that you should repay you? That's what Paul says. Paul says, who knows the mind of God? Who has been in counselor? People sometimes, we direct God, do this. My goodness, we have not known our God. And we have not known what God has done for us. You know, when we get angry, when you fudge your bills, children of God, let me say, it is a very same testimony from this church. I don't want to, it's... I normally I don't try to say, but let me say. There was somebody from our church who went on an assignment abroad. And towards the end, he went to the hotel to get the bills. Probably the, the company will reimburse all the bills. And he was eating in an Indian restaurant. Okay. And the owner asked him, uh, sir, how much money I should put? What's the amount I should write in the bill? So he, he said, you just put exactly whatever I have eaten. He said, you are the first person who has asked for the exact bills. All the Indians who come here, they always ask for an inflated bill. Do you remember a child of God? This is the way you influence the world. This is the way you are the salt of the earth. You know, my company allows me to spend so much so I inflate my bill. Shame to Christians. But I'm so happy. You know, I, I wish I can take the name. I don't want to take the name. Gospel has penetrated deep down into his heart. I'm entitled to claim 2,000 rupees to the airport, but I pay the driver 999, but the bill is 2,000. Shame on us. You remember, this is the way the gospel penetrates the society. This is the way we know that we are the children of God. 
no condemnation second no punishment how there is no punishment remember you know in verse 3 the bible says for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh god did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering and so he condemned sin in the flesh he did not condemn us because somebody else was condemned in our place if you are not able to realize this it is not that he brought you out from that prison from that bondage without paying a price somebody had to pay a price for the wages of sin is death i was having the banner over my head is death sentence to be executed somebody has to be executed and god executed his own son in in my place jesus came in the likeness of sinful flesh he was sinless but he had the human body you know in second corinthians 5:21 it says god made him who had no sin to be a sin offering for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of god you know because of what jesus did for us jesus on the cross he broke the power of sin and death that's why we are not helpless we don't commit sin like others because we have a power that god has granted us you know whenever you go to the law rules regulation it will only expose your sin it will make you more a sinner but the more you come to christ and you understand what jesus has done for you the gospel has already set you free and jesus gave himself as a sin offering that's why in Revel romans chapter 7:19 and 20 for i do not do the good i want to do but the evil i do not want to do this i keep on doing now if i do what i do not want to do it is no longer i who do it but it is sin living in me that does it jesus on the cross broke that power of sin amen no longer we can say i am helpless if you allow jesus to be enthroned in your heart if you allow jesus to be king over you not the area you choose lord jesus you be king over this life this aspect i will take care no 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 is either king over all everything or is no king at all he cannot be a part part king you know with this area he is king this area belongs to me no 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 king likes to rule his nation like that he wants the entire territory to be under his dominion if jesus is the king over your life you have power over sin that's why there is no punishment punishment was paid jesus has set us free jesus says in in when you have this power there is no condemnation there is no punishment no excuse now we, no excuse for what for what no excuse for not leading a holy life 
you and I have a no excuse. You cannot say the world is bad. Oh, the world is so bad. My workplace is so bad. Everybody is doing it. So what? Everybody is doing it. You and I have no excuse. Everybody is cheating. So what? Jesus also came to the very same world where everybody was cheating. We have no excuse not to lead a holy life because in Romans 8, 4, it clearly says, so, and so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the spirit. This has been met for those who do not live according to the flesh but according to the spirit. We have a power that strengthens my inner life. You know, each one of us, you can you know, experience in your life and you can think about your own life. How strong is my inner man? God strengthens our inner man. Our hunger for God becomes more and more and more. And our desire for the things of the world becomes less and less. We are on the right track. Because in Colossians 3.10 he says, We have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Our inner being is being renewed. When the power of God is within us, our inner being is renewed. But are we giving an opportunity? Are we creating that environment so that the inner being can be renewed more and more? This is not for super Christians. This life is for ordinary Christians. This is not for some pastors and evangelists. No, no. This is for a child of God. If you are a child of God, God has given you this kind of a privilege. You know, the presence of the Holy Spirit is the distinguishing mark of the Christian. And this presence means the defeat of the power of sin. No condemnation, no punishment, no excuse. Now, you know, we have been always thinking about law, spirit like that. But if you spend a little more time, as I have done, I have preached on this passage earlier, but as I spent more time over this passage, you know, there is something in this passage that I have failed to notice. And let me put it in terms of an analogy, and you'll be, I hope it'll be clearer to you. Uh, if, you have, if you read carefully these four verses again and again, you find there are three kinds of forces in this, uh, in this passage. There are three. You know, the first one is the law. The law. The law, the Ten Commandments, God's instructions, requirements. Okay, you can compare this to a medical lab. You know, you go and you want to give your blood sample and they will tell you your hemoglobin has to be this level. Isnophils is this, RBC, WBC, neutrophils. All, they know all the standards. They tell you. You go to the lab. Okay, they'll tell you this is what is the desired level. Now, I'm, I'm taking my example. 
I'm, I, I, had, I was diagnosed with cancer. Now, I want to be very sensitive. I know there are some of us had family members who had gone through cancer. I am not equating cancer with sin. I know you don't get cancer because of sin, no, not at all. Uh, I'm just using it as an analogy because cancer is a deadly disease. Till date, people are still trying to figure out what to do. They have not come out with any kind of breakthrough medicines. All that they have is just a maintenance drugs, nothing more than that. So I'm just giving an example. Now, I am cancer. My sin is like cancer. Okay? Now, this sin kills me. For the wages of sin is death. Okay, now, every time I go to the lab, they can only tell me your RBC is less, your neutrophils is less, this is more, this is less, your protein level has gone up. You know, they can only tell that. The lab cannot heal me. The law cannot heal me. Do you remember? Law is like that. Law is like a medical lab. Do not commit adultery. Do not honor your parents. Do not do this. Do not do that. So all our rules and regulations, when you prescribe, sometimes religious people, you prescribe rules and regulations, children don't have power to keep up those rules. So every time I go, they say, yes, your RBC has come down, WBC has come down, everything has come down. But they're not helping me. All that they say is, is less, less, less. Now, how do I get the help? The blood within me is infected. The blood within me is infected with a deadly disease. How do I get? Jesus comes and he gives his blood. Now, it is no longer my blood flows through my veins. It's the blood of Jesus. Amen. It's the blood of Jesus which flows through my veins. Now, when God sees me, he is not seeing the blood that is infected with cancer. He is seeing the blood, you know, he, the blood of Jesus in me. So when I stand before God, when I am a child of God, you know, God, Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. From cancer, he has set me free. So when I stand before God, God sees the pure, blameless, holy blood of Jesus flowing through me. That is salvation. Every time we stand before the throne of grace, he is not seeing my blood, he is seeing the blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Do you, do you get this? That's what Paul is telling here. Now what happens? Okay, in this world, I still have struggled with sin. I still have struggled, struggled with temptation. I still have struggled with trials. But Jesus helps me. You know, my blood condition improves because of the blood of Jesus. It has not become perfect. But every time now I go to the medical lab, they say, oh, your RBC has improved, your hemoglobin has improved, your neutrophils have improved. It has come to the desired mark. You remember? You know, it is not the law made me perfect. You know, the sin, the power of sin was so strong, the law was helpless, but the blood of Jesus was so powerful 
now I am able to keep up the law. Do you realize this is what happens in a Christian life? It is not that Jesus came, you know, this like hyper grace teachers that preach, you don't have to worry, you don't have to confess, you continue to commit sin. No, 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 no. You have not been saved because you are keeping up the law. You have been saved so that now you have power to keep up the law. Amen. That is the life of a Christian. Life in the spirit. Do you understand your inner spiritual life? If you want to strengthen your inner man, remember it is the blood of Jesus that flows through your veins. Amen. Amen. It is no longer that cancer-infected blood that flows through my body. It is the pure blood of Jesus that flows through my vein. Now what happens? What happens? So whenever we sin, we frustrate the aim and purpose of the entire life, death and ministry of our Lord Jesus. Whenever I am selfish, Whenever I'm angry, whenever I'm lazy, whenever I'm lustful, you know, whenever I covet, I frustrate the very aim, the very life and death and ministry of Jesus. If you realize what Jesus did for you, he brought you out from that bondage. If you truly, if you realize what happened, what Jesus did for you, he brought you out from that cage. He set you free from the dominion of darkness. He brought you to this place. And now, if you take it lightly, you have not understood the value, the blood of Jesus. The cancer-infected man has not understood the value of the blood of Jesus. Sin is like cancer. Death hangs over your head and it is because of the blood of Jesus. You have been set free from the law of sin and death. Now, when you sin, when I sin, I cause grief to my Lord Jesus Christ. Do I want my life? Or do, you know, if you truly love Jesus, if a husband truly loves his wife, he will not do certain things that wound his wife's heart. If he truly loves Jesus, we will not commit sin because every time I am selfish, every time I am, you know, my requirements becomes bigger, I am causing grief to Jesus. This Jesus will not leave you and run away from you. What he'll do? You know, he loves you so much. He loves you more than a mother loves a suckling child. He loves you so much. Every time we sin, it causes him suffering. And if you want to understand how much suffering it causes him, look at the cross. Look at the cross. And tell me how much he suffers for me. Jesus cannot separate his heart from you. 
Do you understand what salvation is? We have not been saved because we are righteous people. We have not been saved we are born in a great family. We have not been saved we have kept all the rules. We have not saved because we said one confession prayer. Even before the foundations of the earth were laid, you were chosen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If this doesn't move our heart, we have not understood the gospel. We have not understood the gospel. This morning, do you understand how much Jesus has suffered to set you free from the cross? Do you understand? Do you understand how much Jesus has suffered for you and me? Will it move your heart this morning? When we say, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life, law of the spirit who gives, who has, gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the spirit. Shall we look to the Lord in prayer this morning? Will you cry out to him this morning? Has the gospel come down to your heart? Why you should not commit sin? Not because God will reject you. Not because God will forsake you. Because you are hurting the very person who has loved you. Why you should not commit sin? Because whenever you sin, you are wounding the very heart of the person. This morning, will you go back to your salvation and will you understand what he did for us on the cross? On the cross. This is what when you say, I am a saved person, what does it mean to be a saved person? At what cost have you received the salvation? This salvation is more precious than your own life, than your own job, money, position, your own spouse, your spouse, your children. Oh, ministry, this salvation is more precious than anything you can think of. The only thing that is more precious than the salvation, the next level is the glory of God. That is the higher level. Oh, will you cry out to God and say, God, fill me with your spirit this morning. Fill me with your spirit this morning. This is what is meant by life in the spirit. Living in the spirit. This is what is meant by living for the Lord Jesus. You have been set free from the law of sin and death because of the power of God. Power of God. Christ indwells in the very same place where sin dwelt earlier. 
Or will you make him the king over your life? This morning, will you open your hearts to him and say, Lord Jesus, show me the areas where there is sin and I want to enthrone you as king in that place and you have the power. Whatever may be that area, in your job, in your personal life, or when you are all alone, what you are seeing, what you are watching, will you make Jesus as the king over your life this morning? If you are a selfish person, will you know the cost, the price Jesus paid? So he was selfless so that he could die for you on the cross. If he could die for me, a wretched sinner I am, do you realize that? What is your response this morning? Are you ready to say, Lord, I'm ready, I'm willing. I give my life to you. I give my job to you. I give my family to you, O oh Lord. Everything I hand it over to you, you command and I'll obey. Have you come to that place this morning? Have you come to that place this morning? This morning, if the Spirit of God is moving you, do not suppress that. Oh, respond to the Spirit. It's a blessing if the Spirit of God is stirring your spirit this morning. It's a blessing. Oh, don't miss out. Today is the day. Today, if you hear his message, do not harden your heart. Today is the day if you hear his message. It doesn't matter. You are 70, 90, or 9 years old. It doesn't matter whatever age it might be. Oh, today if the Spirit of God is speaking to you, will you say, Lord, I'm ready to give up my job. I'm ready to give up my life. I'm ready to use everything I have for your glory. I want the Spirit of God, oh Lord. Oh Lord, I want the power of God so that, Lord, your kingdom is extended in and through my life. Your life is precious. Your life is so precious. He came and gave his life for you on the cross. Take everything from me. But not you Lord. Hallelujah. How many of you are ready to cry out like that this morning? Stand in your place and cry out to God and say, Lord, I want you. I want you this morning. I'm not happy where I am. I want more of your power in my life. Lord, you gave your life to set me free, Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus, the blood that is flowing in my vein is the blood of Jesus. The holy blood, the blameless blood is flowing through your vein. Now, when you become selfish, you know, here is God who is so sad. He's sad. We cause grief to Jesus. Oh, he suffers as a child, as a father, sees a son committing all kinds of things and he suffers in isolation. This God who saved you, he is also suffering when we commit, when we run after other things but not after him. This morning you cry out to him and say, Lord, it's the blood of Jesus that flows in my veins. It's the blood of Jesus that flows in my veins. Pastor Sani, come and say prayer. Thank you, Lord. Shall we lift our hands to the Lord? Let there be that move of God in our lives. Thank you, Spirit of the living God. You're stirring hearts and minds. Respond, respond. Predicated upon your confession, even things begin to work. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart, you see it all in the operation of your mouth. Shall we say, Father, 
that spirit for life, let it be mine. Break that cord of sin and death. Father, Lord, let your light travel. Open your mouth. Everybody, let there be that move of God. Desire greater dimension of the Holy Spirit and the walk with him. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that you are the king who occupies entire domain. Our life, our mind, our thoughts, our destiny, we lay it at your feet, Father. Like the 24 elders, we lay all our crowns. All is yours, Lord. Our life is yours. Take it, we pray, as a living sacrifice. Thank you. Thank you that sin has no dominion over us. Thank you that we are ruled by the power of your spirit. Thank you that our mind is controlled. Our desires are yours, Lord, and we lay it before you. Set us free that we will run. Set us free that we will pursue God, that you will become our pursuit. You will become our passion, O oh God, today as our church. Thank you, Father. Those yoked, Lord, with sin, those who say we cannot live, uh, who say they are be feeling so difficult by the weight of the flesh today, let there be severing. Uh, oh God, as the psalmist said, they came like a swarm of bees, uh, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them off. Uh, I pray, oh God, today there will be that soaring in the spirit. Lord, I pray you will commission it over our lives that we will rise above. Oh God, thank you that, Lord, you are that, Lord, solution. Thank you for the covering of the blood. Thank you for the blood that sets us free. Thank you for the forgiveness by the blood, oh God. Thank you that, Lord, we are made righteous by that blood. Thank you that that blood flows through us, oh Father. Lord, a divine solution. Thank you. Thank you. I pray, oh God, that this will sink deep within us, that this will become energy to us renewed in our spirit like Elijah Lord but the spirit of God came upon him he outran the chariot I pray in our life and in this race we will be swift by the power of your spirit be with us and bless us in Jesus name First Corinthians eleven twenty three to twenty six says, "For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you: the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, 'This is my body, which is for you.' And Jesus said, 'Do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me.'" In the same way, after supper, you took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. What's Jesus doing here? He says, Do this in remembrance of me. What's meant by in remembrance of me? Is it just 
it's just a mere statement. Jesus came to this world, died on the cross. Is it that in remembrance of me? Let me give you three suggestions how we can do in remembrance of me. We do this in remembrance of me when we take it to our heart. We know Jesus came and died on the cross. When we take it, when we realize, as, I, as, we, saw, as we heard in the message, he came, he shed his blood so that he could set me free from the law of sin and death. And every time we take part, it moves my heart. It moves my heart because I was under the power of the evil one. I was in bondage. Jesus, with his precious blood, he has set me free. I remember. I remember in my heart. It is no longer, it's a statement. It moves my heart. He gave his life for me, one who was sinless, one who led a perfect life. He gave his life so that I could be set free. I had the sin of cancer and he gave his blood. His blood is infused in my veins now. It is the blood of Jesus that flows in my veins. I remember that. I remember that. The second suggestion, when you read the Bible, don't do it because you have to read it. It's okay. But when you read it, don't do it because I have to read five chapters. I have to read one chapter. Don't read it because of that. Let's not become tick mark Christians. Read it and say, God, I want to encounter you today. It is God's word. God has spoken his word. Lord, your word should move my heart. Something deep within should happen. It's not enough just on Sunday what you get. This food is not enough. We need food every day. Every day we need food. And say, Lord, today you speak to me. Spend some time in the word. Meditate on the word. Carry the word. You should be able to sense the word. God speaks to you. The spirit of God always moves with the word of God. And if you want to be filled with the spirit, be a person of the word. The more and more you spend your time in the word of God, the spirit of God also moves. The spirit of God will also bring to your mind what you have already read at the right time. So when you read the word of God, remember that you sense the presence of God. That's how we do remember. The third thing is community. Jesus did not do it in isolation. Twelve disciples were his community. And in Christian life, if you are alone, you want to be isolated Christian, you are not a Christian. This growth happens in a community. Be part of your Bible study. Be part of that group 
prayer meetings it's important you know be part of small group meetings what happens there god speaks through different people and when you take a verse and you discuss and you find it's not the pastor who's teaching it's when somebody else says pastor i feel this verse is conveying this kind of meaning oh you say wow i never looked at that verse like that you see god is ministering you are remembering god is you know position yourself in a place where god can bless you amen position yourself in such a place where god can anoint you you have to position yourself it doesn't mean just because i positioned i can command god to do it but because i have hunger i'm seeking him more and more and more you know god will touch you when it's the right time it will be an ordinary day but he will move in your life i believe a revival is going to break out not because of people who are on this side of the stage because of people who are on this side of the stage it is from through the lay people it is through the members of the church god is going to bring about a revival in this place but are you ready if you are ready join with somebody who says i also have that hunger come here come here morning even before the church door is open come out and pray cry out to god pastor doesn't have to be there if you have that hunger if you're the person you feel that i want to see a revival come give up everything and come here and pray and god will bring about the revival amen i truly believe there's going to be a revival and that revival will happen through you not through me through you god has given me the blessing to witness that to see that and you are that person but it will not happen unless you become desperate find out who has the burden in this place find out here itself and ask tell them come we'll come 9 o'clock whether the church door is open or not we will stand outside and pray i go to that place and i pray i come 9:30 i pray there from 9:30 because i know god started the church in that nursery room nobody was there only my wife and i were there when i see the skating ring only my wife and i i know we walked around the skating ring we have prayed but we were not alone god was there this church was not founded by a human being this was the god's idea it is god's design if you don't capture the vision of that ask god what god has brought you here and ask god what you want me to do god doesn't move according to our convenience sorry my friends if you are want to be very comfortable if you want everything from 10 o'clock to 11:30 god doesn't move like that give yourself totally lord i may not sleep i may have to leave early but i will give my life that's what's meant by offering yourself positioning yourself and you will be surprised what god has kept in store for you no i have seen 
no ear has heard what God has kept in store. Are you ready? May God move in our midst today as we partake in the Lord's table. All those who have made a public proclamation of their faith in Jesus are most welcome to take part in the communion and all who want to take part, may you please stand.